0: You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast.
1: Hello, knuckleheads. It looks like y'all came back for another episode of the Bad Christian Podcast. And you know what? Tomorrow is a special day. In fact, it's the most special day in Bad Christian history so far because Bad Christian Music is releasing its first music ever. Tuesday, March 18th, King's Kaleidoscope, live in color, Completely free. And it's not just an album, it's also a video showing them playing the whole album live when it was recorded. And so here's what we want you to do go get it. It's on us. All we're asking is that you tell somebody about it. You tell other people. You like the music, it's free, you get it, you tell it to your friends, they get it, the band's gonna get bigger. Bad Christian music is going to get bigger, this podcast is going to get bigger, and you are a part of it all, and a big part, we're going to change the way the music industry works, we're going to change the way that Christianity interacts with culture, and I know that sounds like a lot, but it's true, it's just what we're going to do, and we're going to do it together, so thank you guys very much, King's Kaleidoscope, tomorrow, BadChristian.com. Now, today on this podcast, you're in for a special, special treat. We have Chris Dudley from the band Under Oath, who we've been friends with a long time and toured with, seems like a hundred times. Chris is easy to talk to. He's fun to talk to. We've always enjoyed hanging out with him. Now, Chris is a real nice guy, and I don't always love nice people because sometimes I think nice people are boring. Chris is not boring. He's got a great sense of humor, and he's also really willing to open up and talk about his band and relationships there and how and why they broke up. And really, I think this might be the most in-depth interview that anybody has with Under Oath on their situation and what happened with them. And we're, we're glad to have it here on The Bad Chris. Podcast. So sit back, enjoy this episode, get the King's Kaleidoscope record tomorrow. Welcome to the Bad Christian Podcast. Three! (laughs) Hit it. Three, two, one, hit it! Yo, it's the Bad Christian Podcast! All right, welcome to the Bad Christian Podcast, folks. Uh, We are—we cannot explain. Can you stop the beatbox now? That's enough. Just you, just do. Remember, you do like five seconds. That's all we need. Ah, get carried away. That was a good good one. No. I'm trying to do the intro. Toby, my turn. Sorry. My, my turn. We are excited for this b- Bad Christian Podcast for the reason that this is the first one that we have done since it went live on the internet and, it, and has done so well. So we are particularly energized and jazzed for two reasons. One, because of you guys, we came in number 15 on the iTunes charts between, yeah. nine, between Joe Rogan and Dave Ramsey.
2: Yeah. Um, Suck it, Ramsey. Yeah. Hey, listen to what my dad said. He actually said, Joey, he said, I could just imagine Dave Ramsey sitting behind his computer screen looking at the podcast ranking and wondering, who in the heck is Bad Christian? I was like, Dad, the only problem is Dave Ramsey's never looking at that list. He thinks Dave Ramsey and Joe Rogan are stewing about it. Yeah, that. they're just like, they're on
1: my heels. I don't even Those know sons of bitches. <laughs> Well, we, we do have to say this completely unexpected that this podcast would be successful uh, as it is. So we don't we don't even know what we're doing. But we, we thought we were just talking into Nowhereville, and now we know that there's a lot of people listening. So it makes a little bit more pressure, but it makes us more excited at the same time. Also, Toby and Joey and I are together this week in the same room. We're in Charleston having a meeting, trying to plan out our future for Bad Christian and everything we're going to do. So we're all in the room together, so that should make this podcast good. And then a third reason, maybe I said there was two reasons, but... Chris Dudley from Under Oath is joining us today. Yep, you can you can beatbox for that. Diddly <laughs> Chris Dudley. We, might, like a, we might have entered into the territory where everybody, we're super pumped up now. We know there's thousands of people listening. Yeah, <laughs> We might be a little overexcited. We got the juice. <laughs> the we got juice. the crowd juice. <laughs> um, but what else is going on in the world of Bad Christian? Toby, tell them about what else is happening. Well, <clears throat> thank you,
3: Joey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, Bad Christian music. Our record label, we have signed our first band. They are called King's Kaleidoscope. They are awesome. We are super excited. We've known those guys for quite a while. and uh, Honestly, it is super exciting for us because this is the first band we've had an idea of wanting to sign bands, wanting to uh, create something special in the music world, um, just that we've been... A part of for quite a while. So, uh, yeah, we signed our first band, and we're going to be putting their album
1: out when, Matt? It's coming out on March the 18th. So we're going to put this King's Kaleidoscope record out for free. So pay attention. There's some YouTube videos up right now. You can go to their website. It's called kingsklive.com and watch their video, and you can find their stuff on our site. King's Kaleidoscope is a band that was leading worship at uh, Mars Hill Church, where I go, for the last four years. So Chad was a worship director there, and I've been leading worship under under him. He's been my boss there, in fact. And uh, so I've been getting to see them play live just for years and years and years. And they're just they're just too good. They're incredible. There's a ten piece band that sounds like an orchestra, plus a funk band and a rock band, all put together. And uh, they're now an independent band, just making worship music on their own. And so I talked to Chad and said, Well, this is a no brainer. There's nothing I'd rather do than put out this record. So I told, I told the other guys about it. Uh, and what did y'all think? y'all?
2: Yeah, by the way, if you're listening and you didn't know this already, if you go to badchristian.com and click on music, you can actually see some live videos. I just uh, said that. From this man. Huh?
1: I just said that. Did you? Yeah, I said no, you I can you go did. to kingsklive.com and watch the video, or you can find their stuff all over our site. I totally. Stop fighting. Here's the thing. The cool thing about King's Kaleidoscope
0: is their music is just so good that it doesn't even matter what you believe. Honestly, you're going to like this band, and that's what we are trying to do with Bad Christian, and that's why it lines so well with what we're doing, is that we just want to be honest and, and try to be ourselves, and that's what King's Kaleidoscope is trying to do as well. And what's really cool about it is I believe that their music is worshipful, but it's kind of ushering in a new form of worship music where it's not so much congregational, but it actually even requires more participation. Like, just like when you go to any concert in the world, everybody's raising their fist or singing along or just kind of coming together. And we want to have that experience where music, shouldn't a genre, shouldn't be Christian. That, that doesn't make any sense to me. So what we want to do is go beyond genres, go beyond Sunday morning, and have music that you just
2: like listening to. So what would y'all's... I mean, I I just think this is a whole good conversation in itself. I mean, what would y'all classify as worship music? Both of y'all are worship leaders. So I understand y'all's philosophy on Christian music being a genre, but what about worship music? Because I I guess I kind of feel like worship music is something that is intentionally written to focus our thoughts on God. Now, that doesn't mean that I can't worship to something that doesn't have anything to do with God. I can be like, God, thank you for this unbelievable you know, music that's written by one of your kids, even though he doesn't love you. But what would y'all say worship I, music I,
1: is? I think that worship music, in this case, King's Kaleidoscope is worship music, and they're singing to and about God. But what's different about it is that it's not necessarily as congregational. It's more expressive than that. And I think just like the music that we've made and the Under Oath has made, uh, we've gotten into these forms of art and music that are really more honestly complicated than what you we're used to hearing, or at least we thought so when we came out with it. And we found that our fans and people bonded with it more because it was complicated. It took a uh, effort to listen to it and like it and follow it. Yeah. Whereas the church music sometimes <clears throat> and simple Christian music we criticize because it's simple. It's almost just like we have to do dumb nursery rhymes that everybody can learn in one second. Yeah. And so... That's at least what I think is different about this. It's the same as other worship music in that singing to God about God. Yeah. And for them, it's really awesome because I think that's the most excited they can get. That's, that's where Chad uh, feels the most like compelled and excited singing those words. Yeah, and I think
2: that's, that's why he likes it. What's crazy is I, I watch them playing and I'm thinking, man, it would be really hard not just to observe them and not worship if they were leading church, but then it's like so good and so worshipful and so re, rejoiceful. Is that a word? Rejoiceful? Rejoicing? I'm able to rejoice to it. like It's like I will find myself just looking, but then I'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm actually praising. I mean, it's just unbelievable. I mean, like, that'd be the same I, as man, when you
1: look at a sunset or something. You don't participate like directly in that sense, but you're observing it, and that's
2: Yeah, I, I'm observing it, but I... I guess I'm not one of those oh I just worship God in nature sort of thing. It's just not no, I know,
1: but when you see a sunset or a mountain or the, the ocean waves or whatever, that's like leaves you in awe of God. Why wouldn't it why is it music the same way? Like you can just listen to it and go oh my gosh, that is so great.
2: Yeah, I think God so God is incredible. Yes. But I would call that like indirect worship. I indirect worship to all kinds of music that's not even necessarily a Christian. I'm saying what King's Kaleidoscope actually does how can you indirect worship what, are you serious right now you're really using that as an argument
0: point indirect worship what i'm saying we're <laughs> called worship no I,
2: I, okay I, I think i'm trying to put words on something that can't be described what i'm saying it, i don't even know if i should even proceed oh, keep going man we're not trying to shut you down what indirectly I'm, tell us what you're saying what i'm saying is there's one thing in just like acknowledging god and, and worshiping the lord uh you know, just through observation and, wow, God, this is awesome. But and it's another thing to actually really, really press into focusing our everything. I mean, it's kind of like, here's the difference. Here's the difference I'm talking about. Hey, let's pray over our food. Okay, cool. Lord, we just thank you for this food. Thank you, Lord, for everything you've done. Please bless it. Jesus Joey's actually closing his eyes, too, during his fake <laughs> <late> prayer. <laughs> so here's the difference. There's a big difference when I go to my room for 30 minutes to an hour, and focus everything on God and really pour my pour my heart out to God. So, yes, you are right. I'd use bad words or uh, bad description for indirect worship and, and worship, but there is a difference.
0: No, but I think what you're saying, you're missing the point here. It's the same as going, Dear Lord, thank you for this meal. It's so awesome. And you eat the meal. But then there's sometimes where you just eat unbelievable and it's just, man, it's okay. And I indirectly ate for the Lord. Unreal. I don't even know what you're talking I, I'm about. I'm just right saying, or. you're saying there's a way that you can indirectly worship
2: God. No, with, I'm saying I, and, retract, I can listen to music I and kind that. of
0: worship Him, or I can listen to music and really worship
2: Him. I'm, I'm retracting my use of the word indirect, but there are definitely times when I can be in the car listening to hip hop and Praying to God while I'm listening to it, the hip hop is not glorifying God directly, but I can be thinking to myself, Thank you, Lord. I love this music. I love you. I love this day. Thank you. Thank you. That's totally different if I'm listening to King's Kaleidoscope and they're actually singing about God and I'm actually meditating on those words. Okay, we won't call it indirect and direct, but there's a difference there, at least for me. Honestly, if we want to get into this, I think Christian music sets the lowest
0: bar possible for honoring and worshiping God. Wait a second. Come. For...
2: <laughs> now is
0: the No, time I mean, look, I, no, I promise. Lord. I came up with a formula. You have to, you have, what was my formula? In order to write a worship song, you have to think of an element and like a, an action and an emotion. <laughs> so, <laughs> an element. So, think of like an element fire, earth, wind, fire, or water. I was thinking uh, and, like argon. Yeah, no, no, no oh, you yeah. know what I mean, like the, the big elements, whatever. So, so you take fire, and then you take an, what's an action, like, you know, running, all right? Yeah. Okay, and then you take an emotion, uh, like, you know, uh, cry, yeah. crying, right? So...
2: <laughs> so hey, hey, let's put it to the test. Holy Spirit. He's almost there. Yeah, uh, I'm just saying, Holy are... Spirit.
0: So if I was going to write a Christian song, you just go, I just said those three. I got yep. fire, running, running, and crying. And crying, yeah. I go... Light the fire we will run to you we cry out father jesus tonight we need you and there it is that's it There's it's going to be in the top 30
2: tomorrow it, when we were uh when you were helping lead uh, worship <laughs> at first Wednesday it's a midweek worship service that we do at our church i was just so in awe of every single song it was truly about like our hopelessness and god's greatness and i was like this is great like this is this is what i can really really sing to and just
0: i mean i agree i'm being over the board there are i sang a lot of worship music last night oh no i wasn't church. contradicting no no, you. no 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 i know i'm saying I, i'm actually there is some worship music i like but i mean everybody knows i mean there is almost like a formula hey whatever's popular on the radio regular radio right now about a year, year and a half from man, now, there's going to be a Christian man that talks yeah. about let me, let me being ask free with Jesus, and they sound like Mumford and Sons. I'm like, come on, man. Do y'all think,
2: do y'all, um, Matt, you may never, uh, you being at Mars Hill for so long, you may not have ever been exposed to this song. Toby, I think you um, would have, but y'all, you the God of the city. Yeah, I sang that song. Yeah, I know that one. It's singing about a city. Like, I, I'm telling you, there are some songs, and I know that people are worshiping, and I know that it was written for worship, but how about, We are the re... That's singing about us. The other song is singing about the city. I don't get it. Like, I seriously, I'm, I'm singing, and I'm like, We are the... We are... We... We... I'm like, I don't want to sing about me. It's just really weird I actually sometimes. like that song, God of the City. But yeah. There's a story behind that, too. Greater things are yet to
0: come. Greater things are yet to be done. And you know what I always make fun of? In the
1: city. In the city.
0: One time I'm probably going to get in trouble for this. Uh, My last pastor loved that song and he requested it. And so we did it. And I actually enjoyed it. But for some reason I cannot get it out of my mind that they say, In the city. And I sang it like that during, just, <laughs> during the second service. Yeah, it's to see. Create thing in the city. And, I love and that. the band all laughed, but nobody else really caught on. But I, I want to clarify, I do think there is good worship music. And I guess I agree with you to an extent. There songs that clearly state God's glory and his love and his forgiveness, all that stuff, are needed, and I want them. I just feel like, man, sometimes I feel like, man, I'm really, every song I'm about to play is GCD. And it's just just so we can just all know it immediately, which is good. But at the same time, I just feel like, man, can't we do a little bit more? Can't we have songs that you have to work a little bit? Can't singing a new song to Jesus actually require a little effort and work and
1: input? And you got to think about it. You well, I, it over I, I totally question. agree, but that's, that's exactly where King's Kaleidoscope comes yep. in because all they do is work on making crazy-ass music. That is really out there, and then still connecting it, and that's what they wind up singing about. So, all right, so let me ask
2: you a question. I kind of know how you're going to answer, but I want us all to know. Um, There's a microphone this way. You don't have to. I mean, right? You don't have to lean in the microphone. Just yeah. it know that it exists. What do you think about <laughs> What do you think about worship artists that are rolling in seven figures, but they're like, "This is my ministry. I mean, I'm I'm writing songs that people worship to. It's not about the money."
0: Uh, You can never question a a Christian's money. Think you just can't yeah, do it. You got to leave that
1: because Christians you, alone yeah. about their money. Their <laughs> mind's on their money, and their money's somewhere. on their mind. Yeah, you don't I actually want to think
0: Christians too. are probably the most gangsters. They won't yeah. tell you how much they make. No, they won't ever talk about it. At all. Christians like hardcore gangsters about their money. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, I at mean, get, hey, get rich, at get paid. At least the God. gangster
2: rappers are telling us. Yeah,
0: yeah I know. A ga- yeah, a gangster rapper shows you his money yeah. all the time. A Christian won't even show it to you. They yeah. stare yeah. at you. That I mean, you get shot if you ask a Christian. Hey, buddy. Hey, Bo, How much do you make? What the? <laughs> Don't you ever talk to a Christian I, man a, a like that. A yet. Christian has never flashed cash in anybody. Right. <laughs> you never know how much they have. All right. Oh, anyway, man. y'all might not think this is just funny, but... So, on the way to church... Um, Give I'm, us a well,
2: timeline here. Is uh,
0: I'm, I'm, I'm. What do you mean? Recently? Yeah, last okay. night. Okay. So, on the way to church, uh, I'm driving by myself, and... I, uh, I'm headed towards a stoplight, and it starts to turn yellow. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do, but it's really, it's kind of raining and wet. And you know me and cops. like I uh, y'all Listeners, you don't know my history, but I did go to jail when I was a teenager and stuff a couple times. And so I get really paranoid around cops and stuff like that. So I'm driving, and I see the yellow light, and I know I'm, I, when I go through, it'll be red. So I'm like, maybe I should stop. I mean, I'm just kind of chill. Not even, I look directly across, and there's a cop uh, uh, staring at me. Like getting ready to make a U-turn, so I immediately uh, all this happens at once. I'm totally chill to where I see the cop. I'm like, if I go through this light, he's make, he's turning, he's gonna turn around here. He's gonna be behind me. What am I gonna do? This is crazy. So I hit the brakes, and I don't slow down hard enough. So I really hit the brakes, and it's wet. So for <laughs> literally 30 feet, the brakes lock, and the van goes. <laughs> A little bit into the median Into the middle of the thing So then I'm just sitting there And I'm I'm so freaked out Because it's so crazy I look at the cop And when I look at him I'm not kidding Unbelievable smoke From my brake pad Starts wafting by me And then I just I literally look at the cop And I go (laughs)
3: <laughs> you were being I just serious? started
0: laughing I don't know what happened I just really started laughing and I could see it It's him and his partner at that point I could see and so I just look at him I started laughing real loud in the car I was like uh, there's nothing I can do I guess if I get pulled over, I'm just gonna get pulled <laughs> over. I, I just going to get pulled over I don't know what I'm supposed to do and they just looked at me and just made the U-turn and took off. And I was like, that was unbelievable. So then we get to church. Joey preached last night, and he talks about... It actually a really good sermon. I told you this. It was a really good message, and he, he kind of opened my eyes to, uh, like, fasting because it's Lent and stuff like that. And we, uh, you know, fasting is good. A lot of people think of fasting as just you give up something bad for Lent, you know, but you, sh- you should give up something good, or, you know, you should give up something for Lent. And Jess and my, wa- my wife, and I've been kind of... <laughs> going in and out of arguments all week just little ones and kind of nitpicking and stuff like that. I mean, everything's okay. We're n- nothing even that serious. And after the service I actually made up really really good. Wow. But uh, <laughs> Let's yeah, stop no, there. TMI. Um, but my wife after she said what, you know, giving up stuff for Lent, my wife looks at me with like this the most like sarcastic me face she goes, I'm giving up sex for Liam.
1: <laughs> Cause it was something good.
3: And so I was
0: like, oh great.
1: And then she just laughed and All right. We have our guest Chris Dudley coming in, but not just yet. First, I have an email that we got this week that I wanted to share with everybody. I didn't I did not share it with Toby and Joey yet, so I'm gonna read I'm it. Excited I'm gonna to hear read about this. it live to you guys. So Bad Christian is gonna be playing uh music around the country. We're going to do living rooms. We're going to be at some Christian festivals this year. And so we had our booking agent uh, is looking into getting Christian festivals. Okay. And so we got a few of them and then we got declined from some and into some for Emory to play and maybe us to speak or whatever. So this is one that she is a festival in Germany that she wanted uh, us to go. And so she put in some other bands are on it. And she called me back and said, Hey, uh, we didn't get that one in Germany. And then she was real, like kind of being really careful about it. I said, What, what do you, well, I mean, what's the thing? I said, Well, she said, Well, I got an email back from the guy, and I didn't know whether it should protect you from it or if you should. I was like, Yeah, just whatever he said, I'd, I'd like to know what he said or <laughs> why we didn't get on it or whatever. So here's the email. His response when I asked about Emery was here from my booking agent. As you suggest, Emery, let me share my thoughts on them. Emery used to be one of my most favorite five rock bands a couple of years ago. We bought every single record of them. And we saw them live, too. We would love to enjoy the band today, too, but we are deeply irritated about their postings at, at their Facebook site. Are they really dissing their very own fans, those people who bought all the records and tickets? Are they mocking about Christians? Is it meant to be ironic or what? At least it's too clever for rock and roll people. With the side look at their new label name, This is an outstanding example of really, quote, bad marketing. (laughs) (laughs) Or a lesson on how to ruin the career of such a great band with just a couple of stupid and childish posts. And we are definitely not the ones who are disappointed by their Facebook site, only ones who are disappointed about their Facebook site here in Europe. With our audience, Emory has been a most wanted band for many years when it comes to band for suggestions. But I wonder, where has the professionalism gone of this band? If they now prefer to behave like fifteen-year-old teenagers, can't they afford to work with PR press guys anymore? To me, really a sad story. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so we will not be on that festival.
0: Germans are tough. Very <laughs> <Pretty> tough. <laughs> wow. What?
2: I mean, I'd love. I wish he would have given some examples because I'm thinking to myself, well, what what were the immature posts that he's talking about? But you know. To each his own. It's crazy because I hear stuff like that, and I'm thinking, man, people, they just don't know how much thought and. Yeah, I know how much thought as much as a 15 year old girl. Right, (laughs) that's how. Did he say girl?
1: That's what he said. Yeah, 15 year old girl.
2: Wow, that's pretty sexist remark. Now, so anyway, it looks like we won't be getting. His name is Wiener Schnitzel.
0: Hey, if we can't play the festival, let's really screw ourselves in (laughs) (laughs) Germany. Germany sucks. I (laughs) cannot understand your bond. Why?
1: It's like hey, total, you know we're what? total Americans <laughs> right now. Yeah,
0: suck it, Germany.
1: <laughs> you know what I really think, though, about about Germany? And this is that maybe there's, I I really think this there may be actually a language barrier. So if they're right. reading our headlines and maybe they're ever saying stuff, it doesn't come across yeah. the same. So it might be something to really consider. We also had an instance in Germany where we were over there and somebody came up to us at a festival and said, you guys are the best. You're my favorite band. Your artwork for your records is the best artwork of any bands ever and then and they had the cover for uh in shallow seas we sail the cartoon kind of one and they're like why did you do this this is so horrible they said all of our work up to that point was the their favorite artwork oh and it was my so gosh. awesome why did we do something so horrible as this is was it a joke they asked us and like because they couldn't believe that we would they do it a cartoon yeah they were way.
0: offended and then also there was one time there was one time where this mega fan, this really cool guy in Germany, he came up to us and he was like, you guys are my favorite band. You're so awesome. We're like, oh, oh, thank you. Somebody said, we said, what's your name? He says, my name is Butt. And I, Dave, what name? As he in said? Bert, Bert B-E-R-T, he says yeah. with his German and Dave, goes, name <laughs> goes, and Dave goes, your name is Butt? He goes, Butt. And Dave goes, your name is Butt? Nice
1: to meet you, Butt. Nice to meet you, Butt. <laughs> so I do think there's a little bit of a, uh, element of language Translation here And I appreciate They do it So I asked I did I wanted to read That story cold I did yeah. ask Amanda To give us To give me that guy's info And let me follow up Yeah. So I did write him back And I explained to him That we uh, We're we're not Dissing Christians That's not what we're about We're trying to Speak out more About our faith And talk about Jesus And reach more people In the way that's real to us And maybe there's A language barrier Or something else going on And he did write me back And was really Apologetic you think it was just whole language barrier? I think that's part of it. Because, I mean, you have to, I mean, I, that made me think about, it. like, I, if you have to think about our, our stuff that we say where we try to word things just the right way or get the headline right. just right so that it sounds catchy or controversial, maybe that if you miss that, you just yeah. see something that seems... Well, I mean, Americans
0: not, don't right. even understand. People speak English don't understand what we're saying. Well, that's we, true. We don't even hardly understand it. So, I mean, a whole other language barrier makes a huge difference for sure. Well, we're trying to buy some time because Joey actually went to the bathroom to pee
1: 15 minutes ago. Yeah. All right, so now it's time for what you've all been waiting for. We're going to bring in our extra special guest from the band Under Oath. We have with us Chris Dudley. Chris, are you there? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Woo. 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 How you doing, brother? So good. (laughs) (laughs) Now now chris it may have been hard to sit through that while we were rambling on sorry. no
3: honestly the whole thing about the germans i was (laughs) smiling so big because like everybody that i know who's in a band who's been to germany has those exact stories about like somebody coming up and just being so blunt and not caring (laughs) about anything they're saying it's oh man i i love it we we would always trade stories with bands uh, who have been over there with just how rude people could be. It's like, oh, you think that was rude? Wait till I tell you this story. It's, but it,
1: uh, it must not be rude. It must be just that, you know, we just communicate differently. And Oh, it, for it sure, is, for you know?
3: sure. Like we were uh, – the last time we were there, I'll never forget, this guy came up to us and he was, he was telling me about how he had been wanting to see us for so long and he'd been waiting so long. And he was like really excited. And he was like, he was like, the beginning of the set was was, was great. It was very good. The end, not so much. But thank, <laughs> but thank you for coming anyway. And he, he said, "Thanks for coming anyway." Like, Thanks for coming anyway. It was, yeah. it was
1: okay. <laughs> we 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 were in Germany with you guys on the when we did the give it a name thing, right? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, we, that's did, right. we did like three or four German dates on that. I can't remember any crazy stories from them exactly. Uh-
3: I know. I, no, like I remember. remember uh, was, oh, actually,
1: uh, I do remember one. At least, yeah, because uh,
3: ta- I know we were over there not long after that. With because Taking Back Sunday was on those shows too, yeah, and yeah, yeah. we were uh, and at,
1: Thursday at, as well.
3: Yeah, that's right. And we did a we did a European tour with with both of those bands not long after that. And we were sharing a, a dressing room one day, and this uh, this German reporter comes in, and it, they they have an album that's called Louder Now, and that was the album that they were uh, supporting at the time. And they're getting interviewed, and in the first question that this, this guy says, and he was dead serious, he goes, your new record is entitled Louder Now, when in fact it is not any louder than anything. <laughs> explain. And every, every question he would ask, he would end with, explain. Like very, explain. Um, uh, it was amazing.
1: The, the, uh, but all, going over to Europe, you guys have done that a million times. We've only done it a few times, but it was fun that one time, that one time we did it together at least.
3: That was that was a good time. That that uh, that festival was pretty amazing. Yeah,
0: we've only got to go to Europe. We, we waited a very long time in our career, and then that was like uh, first or second time we'd ever even been there, I think.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, my wife is all bummed because now that we're not touring anymore, because she really wants to go back to Europe, and I'm kind of done with, with traveling for the most part, and she's like, yeah. oh, come on. <laughs> it's, like, it's not fair.
1: You mean you have that thing where you're like, I don't care at all if I ever travel again?
3: Uh, yeah. Yeah, basically.
1: uh, I have the same way. My wife wants to travel no matter what vacation, this and that or whatever. And I I do not care if, if I ever got to travel again, like that's not really, I mean, I I still do travel and will more, but it's not like when I think of vacation, I think get on a plane, go do stuff and pay for it and go to another country. Like that's not on my list at all.
3: Yeah, no, me neither. Like there's a couple of places I wouldn't mind going back to, but thinking about the amount of money that it would cost to get there i'm just like oh man like i'd like to go to new zealand again and i like to go to sweden again but that's pretty much the only places outside of the us that i would have a desire to go again but you know thousand dollars in plane tickets i'm not in that yeah.
1: well the thing about it's it funny is that it, i think we're spoiled in the sense that we've gotten to travel all over the world in these places and it was paid for, and we earned money to go do it.
3: Yeah. So now, exactly.
1: if you think about, we, we got to go pay just to go yeah. walk around the square in Germany, look at the the cathedral. I mean, you got to be kidding me on that. Yeah. Like, not gonna happen. Like I don't mind going to do business if I, you know what I mean. It's pretty spoiling. Yeah, I swear I never care if I leave America again. I promise you
0: that.
3: I am in that exact same boat. Like me and my wife, we have our ten year anniversary coming up our wedding anniversary and we are trying to figure out what we're going to do for it. And my wife really wants to go just, she just wants to travel. And I'm just like, honey, like I do not want to spend $2,000 to just go somewhere and so that, that's an ongoing conversation. Well, Maybe we'll just go to south of the border or something in South Carolina. Yeah, go to
1: south of the border on the <laughs> 95. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. Petting zoo, fireworks, whatever. Yeah, that's awesome.
3: Illegal you gotta- fireworks.
1: So uh, where are you? Are you're in Georgia now?
3: No, I'm actually in Florida. And so what
1: are you doing in Florida then?
3: I'm where actually uh, doing it's – it's an awesome opportunity. I'm doing – IT support for government contract stuff on the west coast of the U.S. It's it's just it's nerd computer stuff, but pretty much I I work from my home office um, and I get to hang out with my daughters all day and I'm not on the road and it's it's amazing like you know because going from touring full-time to not touring, like, the whole thing with that was, you know, I I gotta be able to see my kids, you know? Yeah. And with what I'm doing now, like, I'm at home all day. I get to see them all day long and actually be present and make up for some lost time, which has been a, a huge, huge blessing. I'm very, very excited about it.
1: So all your Under Oath fans just read into that that you've always hated
3: touring. Oh, no, not at all. It's... <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> funny is I, like it's weird because being on the road and touring was like my favorite thing to do. Like playing, like uh, playing shows, doing concerts, whatever, like uh, was my favorite thing to do on the planet. But it also took me away from the people that I love most on the planet as well. So, um, you know, so there's a, there's a, a choice that has to be made there, you know, and it, it came down to, you know, do, I want to keep touring and playing shows, or do I want to make sure that I'm there for my kids and raising them to be awesome people, you know?
1: Yeah, I understand that. But, I mean, you have to understand, too, from the fans' point of view, like, who would rather hang around... Most people in the world would way rather uh, hang around Spencer and Aaron Gillespie than your kids. I
3: mean, (laughs) seriously. That is very true.
1: Like, it's kind of a no-brainer for most people. (laughs) So you're like the one person that really loves your kids, I guess. That's
3: okay. Yeah, it's That's cool. It's, I guess. Yeah, it's it's a thing. I don't know.
1: Have... You're a hero. Yeah, you're the hero.
0: <laughs> I wish we could learn the lesson of quitting and being with our. Yeah, we families. we we're not anywhere close to learning that lesson yet. <laughs> Th- thanks for making us feel really shitty.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> you guys are doing
1: a good job hanging out with your kids. Are you
2: kidding me?
3: You have any? Oh, you're back. Uh, yeah, but
1: you're that... back from. Oh, Joey's back from the bathroom. Everybody, I'm taking a dump. Oh, a hey, pressure. good job. What's up, dude?
3: Was it only sixteen beers? Uh, <laughs> how many beers no,
0: was no I didn't drink it. it's like three yeah you're just kidding one thing that's happened to us is so every band that we've ever toured with now has basically decided you know we're, hey, we gotta be with family we gotta be responsible so so now I feel like honestly we're like the nostalgia band people go they get their fix with us so like our shows are great like <laughs> yeah our we're, shows have actually we're out there better yeah I mean they literally have it, like we're, we're killing it Like like I mean it's unbelievable. Like, you know, that nobody can get their fix with, you know, under oath or like I think Amberlynn has announced that they're gonna be done soon. Yeah, we're gonna clean up
1: every band we toured have, with. Yeah. We're just getting better and Is better. Is
2: Under Oath the most successful band on tooth and nail ever? I don't
1: know. Probably really Chris, that, can you answer that so.
3: question? Um, I honestly don't know. I think for solid state, yes, but you get into the whole like solid state tooth and nail and then like B E C because they're all kind of like under the same uh same roof so i don't know we we did a lot more than we ever planned on doing that's for dang sure
0: what's the what most what's the most record you ever sold well we've,
3: we've got we've got two gold records which is insane Woo! wow yeah that's that's weird um and yeah it was a lot i think it's like i, I mean it's over a million yeah so that's yeah for sure
1: weird You know, the math I like to do is this, Chris. I like to say that they'll they'll tell you that for every copy of your record out there, the illegal copies are, what do they say, five or ten copies illegally for each one? Yeah. So this is what I say. So this is how I do the math for us. We'll do it for you next. I think if we've sold about half a million records total, so I think that means that there's like, you know, between two and a half and five million of our records out there, which makes me feel pretty good. Right. And then beyond that... Think about how many people that you don't have the record, but you know who the band is. Yeah. Like I don't. Do you have any ZZ Top records? No, I did not. Do you know who ZZ Top is? Yeah. Okay. Totally.
2: Like, but ZZ Top's. Okay.
1: Well, do you know? Have you ever heard of Silverstein? Yes. Do you have any Silverstein records? No.
2: Okay. Good point.
1: But you know who they are, right? Yeah. So and that's got to be a magnitude much, much, much greater. So if you think there's that many of just copies of our CD out there and then that, then you have to figure for for even just for Emory, tens of millions of people know who we are.
2: Yeah. That's Probably hundreds awesome.
3: of millions. Maybe hundreds of millions yeah. of people know I wouldn't even say billions.
1: Maybe.
2: <laughs> and if you're under
1: oath, you just say, man, this, we're talking billions. It's <laughs> I one eighth of the world.
3: <laughs> no,
0: theres I believe there's no one on earth that doesn't know who
1: it is. I mean, I'm, is. I'm serious. Like, it's not, it's not as crazy. As, I mean, it's not the craziest thing in the world. But, I mean, you would not believe how many people have heard of Under Oath It. Toby, definitely
2: never heard the their music and definitely don't, don't have don't the record. Really hey, mean. Chris, what was that label uh, that you guys were on before Tooth and Now? It's on the tip of my tongue.
3: We were on a label called Takehold Records. That's
2: right. I remember that.
3: Yeah, and then uh
2: Chad Johnson, right? Was that Yeah, two, Chad was was, Chad was running
3: that label and That's then 238? Uh, yep. Brandon yeah. Ebel came and said, "Hey, I'm going to buy your whole label." And uh, he bought the label and uh he offered, I think it was us and 238 a deal um on tooth and nail and Was that where recess theory was on too? Yes. Okay. Yes, recess theory. It was like few left standing. Um Tantrum and the Muse was on there. Narcissist, at the Narcissist first? was awesome.
2: Yeah. Oh, that was a good. Yeah, that yeah, was good.
3: Yeah, my first tour ever was with them. It was amazing.
2: I bet that was great. Was what do you be. listen to now, Chris? I'm I actually, unlike Matt and Toby, I listen to a lot of music. So I'm just curious. What well,
0: let's clarify that. We don't. Sorry, we don't. Oh, that that don't, don't no, we we know about music, but yeah, Matt and I prefer actually listening to podcasts. I yeah. don't. We just don't listen to that much music or search for new music. We like music, but we don't search for it.
3: Yeah, I've actually... It's weird because probably for the past four years, I've been in this mode where I'm just like, I don't care to hear anything new. Like, I hadn't heard anything new that really excited me at all, so I just was kind of done looking. I, I felt like every time somebody came up to me, was like, hey, you got to hear this new band. And in my head, I'm automatically like, it's not going to be good. <laughs> but, but actually, within the past couple weeks, I... um have come across a couple bands new bands that i'm like super stoked on um but for the
1: kaleidoscope
3: uh pretty much yeah (laughs) them that's it and uh (laughs) but no i um for the most part i don't listen to much that i wasn't listening to you know five years ago you know i I, but then you know you got the guns and roses and uh jimmy eat world uh Hey, what's your favorite Jimmy Eat World album? Okay, th- this isn't uh, for me. This is not a uh, an easy answer because there's an EP that they put out called "Stay on My Side Tonight." Have you heard oh, that? Yeah, heck yeah! So those songs are actually B sides from Futures, and uh, the way that they got those songs is because when they were recording Futures, they switched. Uh, Producers, they started recording it with Mark Trombino, and then they ended up doing the whole record with Gil Norton, and they gave Trombino the boot. The songs that came out on Stay On Your Side Tonight were the songs that Mark Trombino recorded for Futures. So I always say that if Futures and Stay On My Side Tonight were put together as an album, that would be unstoppable. Yeah. But you got to look at Clarity and just my recognize what it has done, you know, and how important that record is. So it changes week by week, I think. But this week, for me, it's got to be Futures. Yeah. So, what, awesome. what, do
2: you, what do you mean about uh, Clarity? Because it seems like that just went um, unnoticed to so many people. It's, it's like people that are really into music, they're like, oh, yeah, Clarity is one of the best albums out there. But the masses. Not so much. So what do you mean when you say how much that album's done?
3: Well, I think that I'm probably speaking more from my perspective and the dudes in my band's perspective. Yeah. Um, Because I think for me and for us, that's one of those albums where you remember where you were the first time you heard it, you know? And there's a... uh, I think we unconsciously took a whole lot of influence from that album and from that band um, especially on um, they're only chasing safety. Cause at the time we were just like, what if we, you know, had stuff that was like catchy, like Jimmy eat world, but then like we scream too. And um, you know, we just really looked up to that band a whole lot.
0: All right, Chris, you said this uh, you're open to answer any question, right? Heck yes. So the one that everybody's been asking and, uh, and wants to know the most is of course, what, what do you think it is?
3: why'd y'all break up?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Why did y'all break up? And are you still friends?
3: Okay. Uh, the answer, I guess question number one, we kind of talked about, uh, a little bit, but, um, it, it's, it's a weird thing though, because, you know, within our band, you know, there's half our band is married with, with, Multiple children. Whites. Oh, children! Sorry, yeah. y'all.
1: My favorite band, y'all and <laughs> y'all and Killswitch.
3: Man, y'all, y'all. <laughs> man, when y'all came to, to to Houston last time, it was insane. So
1: why'd y'all break up then? Yeah,
3: y'all remind me of Red.
0: <laughs> y'all and Red and Killswitch. You, my favorite. Under oath and Red are my favorite
3: bands, and Evanescence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it's weird because you know half of our band is married with with multiple kids and is kind of going through that we're in that part of our life and then the other half of our band is not that way you know daniel was married but you know no kids you know grant's single uh you know spencer has a girlfriend but you know nothing that's like you know keeping him at home and so when it came time to us you know calling it a day it wasn't like a unified like yes like let's stop it was more of a, like, hey, like, half our band is here, half our band is over here, but we need to all come together and, you know, talk about this and decide what's best. And, you know, there was there was talk of, you know, well, what if we, you know, what if we just slow way down, you know, like play a couple festivals a year, you know, record once every few years, something like that. But when it really came down to it, we none of us really wanted to do under oath unless we could do under oath at 110% the way that we've always done it, you know? And that's the decision that we came to, you know? And as far as, uh, are we all still friends? Yeah. Um, it, what's funny is, is pretty much since our last show, we, all of the guys in the band have been on like a group text and every few days, you know, somebody will send like a, a ridiculous picture or, uh you know just a dumb joke or something you know we we all still talk i i see tim and james mostly um you know because our kids are all friends and you know our wives are all friends so we're, we're all in that circle so um, was
1: it really like a, just a, like a half and half thing was it that split
3: um not really you know i think that that daniel was kind of in the middle you know like i think that he understood where we were um a little more you know Spencer is one of those where he wants to play music and be on tour until he's like 70 and yeah I love that about him you know he's very like you know music is who I am and it's what I'm going to do forever he said
1: it, to some recently to somebody or somebody we were around him or something he said band dude for life uh, yeah
3: and, and, and he is and yeah. you know if I ever see him doing something that's not music I'm going to be bummed and I'm going to tell him so and um, that's the type of person that he is, but that's what it's about being in a band. You know, like we're, we're not all the same person. We're not all on the same page, but we, we all come together for under oath. Like that's how we work together. And, you know, Spencer was not, you know, he wasn't stoked on it. He was like, you know, I want to continue doing this. However, so I'm so when,
0: when you say not stoked, was he actually mad? Like, was, or was he pissed? Was he upset? Did y'all get into arguments?
3: No, not arguments. Um, To say that there was no anger there, though, I think would be, you know, not the truth. You know, I think that there there was an anger there just because, you know, he was not the one, you know, pulling the trigger on us not being in a band anymore. But the thing is, is that we've all known each other for so long and we've been friends for so long that it, you know, that that anger was there, but it was, it was never like, a you know, F you guys, you know, you're not going to do this to me. I'm out of here. Like that sort of thing. It was more like a, you know, a civilized, like, Hey guys, like I want to do this. I want to keep doing this, but I'm not going to do this without you guys. Like, it's not like, I'm going to go get, you know, some other dudes to do it. I love you guys. We've done this for a long time. So let's go out on a high note, you know? And he's, He's already neck deep in his next project. You know, he's in the studio right now and he's putting out a record, you know, I'm assuming within a few months. So, you know, and I talk to him, I text with him almost every day. So it's it's not like a thing where there's resentment, but yeah, to say good. that there wasn't strong feelings... In that decision would would not be the case, would not be true.
0: Well, so. that's fair. I can I can totally understand his point of view and your point of view or the guys that wanted to stop and the guys that wanted to keep going. I can definitely understand that for sure. Well,
3: let's move
1: to the next question. That's that's good answers on all that. But the uh, the next big issue that you guys have that is kind of near and dear to us is like why? I mean, why aren't y'all Christian enough? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the next question. Why don't y'all do be better Christians? I mean, why? Yeah. What's the deal with that?
3: So that, uh, you know, I, I as you guys know, you know, that's a that's a big question with a, a big answer. But to, you know, to put it in a nutshell, we you know, when we started out, it was, you know, we are all on this same page. We are a Christian band. That is who we are. That is what we do. And, you know, we're, you know, teenagers and that's just how it was. And as we all started to grow up there, you know, we realized that we were growing up and not all growing in the same direction. We weren't all the same person. We didn't all agree on everything. And it got to a point where for us to stand on stage and say that we were all, you know, in, in, one, in one boat saying the same thing, it became disingenuous. And that's something that we really have always taken seriously, whether it be with music, with, you know, with any sort of the art side of it or us being people, we want, we care more about being honest with people than, you know, we didn't want to like put on a front. And it came to a point where, you know, some dudes are like, you know, you know, I don't know how I feel, you know, I'm, I'm in a weird spot with my faith. I don't feel comfortable, you know, saying, yeah, you know, we're, we're all, uh, a Christian band and whatnot. Um, and yeah, so it came down to, okay, well, do we keep saying that we're a Christian band and be disingenuous or do we be honest and say, Hey, like, you know, we're all dudes like, you know, we all have different views on different things, but one thing that we can come together and we can agree on is that uh, a, we love each other and B, we are doing this thing called Under Oath together.
1: Well, so bre- let's break that down a little farther. Are you a Christian?
3: Yes, I am 100% a Christian. But
1: everybody in your band, at at least in its most recent uh, manifestation, everybody would not answer that question that way. That's correct. Okay. Yeah,
3: and it's, um, and it's, a, it's a weird thing, too, because I think that when we— you know when we would be on stage and we would say you know that we are we are all you know there for the same reason and we all believe exactly the same thing i think that that kind of put me in a spot where i didn't feel as responsible for myself as a Christian being on the road because I felt that, oh, well, you know, once Spencer says, oh, we're up here and we believe, we all believe in Jesus, then that was like my Christian thing to do today was just to stand on stage <laughs> yeah. while while Spencer says this thing. You know what yeah, I'm saying?
2: Yeah. yeah.
3: And, uh, you know, once we got to the point where like, well, we're no longer going to say that um, and we are you know going to be honest about where we all are as people then it, it really, I felt that God really used that in me saying like, hey, you need to step up and you need to be who I'm calling you to be, not just yeah. one part of this unit that I've put together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, so it, it was honestly a difficult thing for me, but but something that God, I really saw him work through. So, so,
0: so as uh, people stopped become, being a Christian in your band, uh, I don't know how many people. What's but. the
1: percentage? You don't have to name names. But what's the percentage of people that you do not say are a hundred percent? That wouldn't say they're a hundred percent Christian, like you would.
3: Say? Um, it, it's it's weird because it's it's. I don't think it's as simple. It's not as simple as being like, oh well, are you a Christian or not? Because there's lots of. It's simple you know, for you. Simple for me because it's it, it's cut and dry for me. But for some some other guys, it's like, well, you know, I don't know how I feel about this facet of Christianity, which is kind of bringing into play all these other things. So I'm just kind of in a weird spot. It's not like I don't believe in Jesus anymore. It's a, I need to take a step back and re-examine my faith. And, you know, it it, obviously, as you know, it's, it's, it's super complicated. So, um, you know, but for me, nothing has ever changed. Like I've known from day one until the last day of Under Oath that the only reason that Under Oath ever did anything is because he saw fit to take a bunch of dudes who were not perfect at all and do something, like, awesome. Did
0: that lead your friendships away from each other? Was it towards the end of Under Oath, was it still fun? Did you even like it?
3: No, I I think that it was the opposite. Like, I think that it really brought us a lot closer. Yeah. um, Because I think that we were all being way more open and way more real with each other. Um, you know, because, you know, I know some dudes at one point or another felt on un- semi uncomfortable around me because they know that I am a hundred percent like a Christian and, you know, there's things that I agree with and things I don't agree with. So some dudes felt like they really couldn't be open about what they felt. But then once we really got that out on the table and dudes are like, I don't know what I, what I believe at this point. And, you know, we had that that uh that conversation being open, it really opened the door for us to like grow closer as friends and have deeper conversations and actually communicate. Where you know, so many times in the past we fell into a a rut of just not talking to each other and not communicating and it really played havoc on us. And I think toward the end it was it was great. Like the last tour that we did was amazing because we were you know we would just sit on the bus and we would look at each other and be like wow like you know I would look at Tim and be like I've been riding around in a in a van or a bus with you for you know almost half my life now and it's it's just uh you know it it was great like we we all went out hugging each other and you know like I said we're all texting and calling and you know it yeah it was great
2: hey Chris uh forgive me for not knowing but when did you guys break up
3: uh, our last show was in February of last year, so it's been it's been a little over a year. Did you, did cry? you cry at that? <laughs> oh boy, did I ever! It was, man, it was the most emotional thing ever. Like, I bet it was.
0: all right, how about another hard hitting question? Uh, Why'd you guys kick Aaron Gillespie out of your band? Yeah, what'd you kick him out for? (laughs) What's wrong with you a-holes? He was good at drums. Yeah, you seen him play the drums, man? Man. You you heard him sing?
3: (laughs) Girls loved him. What were you thinking? you seen that red hair? (laughs) No, uh... I, I don't know how how public record it is, but we didn't kick Aaron out of the band.
1: Uh, you still text him every day?
3: Uh, I actually just texted with him yesterday. Uh, nice. Yeah, yeah. so we, 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 we keep in touch. Um,
1: right, well, yeah. Two-sentence answer on that.
3: Two-sentence answer. Um, he wanted to leave the band, and we were completely fine with that.
1: That's one good sentence. That's great.
3: Oh, well, yeah. I feel like there's more. No, that's good. He <laughs> I,
1: wanted to leave the band; they were totally fine with that. Yeah, there's that says so a lot if you more break more it down. Yeah, no, there's so much more.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Whoever asked that question on I mean, Twitter is so bummed. Right
1: now. <laughs> I mean, he wanted to get out of the band, and they were fine with that. There's a lot. Of, <laughs> that's a lot. That's a good sentence. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: very
2: good articulation there,
1: Chris. Hard, hard hitting. And Joey, what was your question? I was just
2: going to say, Chris. It seems like Bad Christians really up your alley here. Pretty supportive with retweeting and all that stuff. Why? Why bad Christian? Is it more of a personal relationship with the guys in Emory, or you just really like what it stands for, or what?
3: No, I no, I don't really like them much at all. Right, um, right. Yeah, you know, obviously, <laughs> but um, no, I, I think that there's just a whole lot that needs to be done um, as far as Christianity in America. Um, we've got a long way to go to where I think where where we need to be. Um, And the first part of that is just having a real honest conversation amongst Christians and non-Christians alike. Um, Yeah, I really liked – what was the the guest you had? Logan, is that his name, that guy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I really loved when – because I listened to that episode and whenever the uh, listeners would ask a question – he would be the one to answer it. And I pr- i don't remember it 100%, but I'm pretty sure every answer that he gave, I was like, yeah, that's right. He's giving me the correct answer, you know, just in general, a, uh, an, a real honest dialogue, but not like, you know, I, I can't really put my finger on it. It's just something, you know, everything that's put up, I'm pretty much like, yeah, that's the truth. But you know, that's not going to get talked about in church, you know? Yeah, because I I know at one point uh, someone asked a question. I forget what it was, but the the gist of it was, you know, well, how can you better show uh, the love of Jesus to people who don't believe in Jesus or something like that? And pretty much he was like, well, don't be an a-hole. And that (laughs) was his answer. And I'm like, exactly. Like, you know, and he was just saying how he knows, you know, so many Christians who are just like not good people and uh, I yeah, when he said that i I was nodding, I was like, very true, very true,
1: well, we appreciate the support that that you give. To us and you know we see that you retweet and, and pay attention to what we're doing and we've I mean we've known you for a long time and know you to be a, a kind of guy that's really on the level and uh, open and honest and when we talked to you about this podcast you said you'd talk about whatever and we think that that's super cool we, we were sure we're sure that's what the church needs and what people need because we're not anti-church are you no not at all is okay. it okay
3: that I say a-hole and I don't cuss
1: no you can <laughs> cuss or not cuss we're fine with both
3: I, it's, it's weird. I don't, I don't like to cuss. It, well, you I think I'm to. like the only person ever that just doesn't enjoy it. Unless it's a <laughs> really funny joke. If it's a really funny joke, I, I will, I will let it go. What flow. about
0: when you stub your toe or something like that? Do you cuss? No, it's
3: it's that funny. Was, Son of a nutcracker. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, I, my wife has heard me cuss like, three times and every time it's happened she's like "Uh Uh uh-oh stuff is going real bad
2: do you think cussing is a sin because i think this is a great discussion actually
3: no i don't (laughs) think it's a sin at all um it's just one of those things where i i can't explain it any more than i just feel convicted about it like when I i hear you yeah like when i'm by myself i You know, I don't cuss. Like, if I'm like speaking to myself, like (laughs) (laughs) Like, if somebody cuts me off, I'm not like cussing under my breath. I'll actually say, "Oh, this freaking jabroni" or whatever. Like, I I don't know why. It's just it's just one of those things. Like, I've
0: uh, are your parents like super conservative Christians or no, not at all.
3: So yeah, I wasn't raised in the church. Um, I was never made to go to church. I didn't go to start going to church until I was like 16. so, but before I went to church, man, I, I had a mouth like a sailor. It was, I've see. seen, yeah, I've seen videos of me back then and I just am embarrassed of myself. Yeah, you know,
1: that's interesting because I, I find that a lot is the people that are like really have a hard time with stuff are people that associate their, uh, walk with Christ. Like before they were Christian, the stuff they used to do, they stopped when they became a Christian because their whole life changed and they still associate stuff like rock music or listening to, uh, acdc with like terrible sin because they listened to acdc before they were saved and they stopped Uh when but it wasn't acdc that was the worst thing ever you know but they they associated that way and or people that were heroin addicts so they got saved and now they don't touch any substances well that i mean that i respect that i totally understand that you know but But heroin's not so bad it's not that bad yeah but yeah it's weird so like so for you you had a like you said you had a foul mouth and you were that way, and then you became a Christian. So now, to you, it just feels like going back to the old way.
3: Yeah, I, I really can't explain it. It's it's weird because, again, I don't feel like it's a sin. I don't feel like it's inherently bad. It's just something that when I do, I don't feel right about it. So I yeah. just don't do it, you know? And I'm not one of those guys like, hey, man, you need to watch your mouth, you know, because, you know, being on tour, hanging around band dudes, you know, it's it's yeah. whatever. Like, you know? So it
1: doesn't bother you to hear it. Oh, not at all, no. And, and, the, and the media and stuff you consume is, is filled with it, right? Oh, of
3: course. I'm a, yeah. I'm a Pantera fan for life. Right on. <laughs> Hell yeah.
1: I wanted to
0: ask some uh, fan questions. Okay. Because we, we hadn't really, I mean... We, we grazed them, but we didn't yeah. ask them directly. Okay. Some direct Are you ready for the first
3: questions. one? Yeah. I'll, I'll try to make the answers a little quicker. I know I can yeah, ramble. Yeah,
0: yeah, just say super quick. Uh, okay, this is at Maisie345. I am a young Christian like you, Chris. How do I tell others about homosexuals going to hell forever and eternity? Go. All right. All right. Is that your answer? Next Next question. Next Next question. question. Moving on. Yeah, that's a good one. (laughs) Chris. uh, Hey, Chris, this is at Jenny Lala. Chris, what is it like to be in a successful band? How rich are you? Right now, you just do government contracting as a hobby. That must mean you're very wealthy. What is your net worth?
1: (laughs) That was more than 140 characters, I think. Yeah, I know. It was unbelievable. <laughs> Other, I, his I answer again, heard. how much money he has. Oh, for, for the record, his answer to how much money is, does he have was just laughter. Just just, <laughs> I, I, it's both,
3: most of it. I have most of the money.
0: I, those are all jokes. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I I think we've kind of answered most of these. But, okay, like if you were asked to go on tour with Ad City, you could only go on tour with one, one band. As burn, or me without you, which one would you pick? Just on
1: smell alone, you have to go against me without you in every yeah. case.
3: <laughs> I mean, who has like their own <laughs> bus and just? What
1: were your darkest days in Under Oath this and brightest days? What was your darkest days spiritually with while with Under Oath?
0: Yeah, darkest or brightest day and brightest days with Under Oath spiritually. Oh wow, that's um, a real
3: question. That's hard. I think, I, I guess I can't really
0: Wednesday. Is this cool Thursday? We got Jimmy John's.
1: It was a dark time. It was pretty tough.
3: Yeah, honestly, (laughs) most of it was just awesome. Uh, You know, I think there was a handful of, of bad times. You know, when we, we, uh, we left um, Warp Tour one year. Um, That was, that was kind of a bummer because because it was a, it was a really good time and we that, uh, that was
1: a crazy time we were we were parked about 18 inches away from you when your bus pulled out and left warp tour that time we were parked uh, we were parked next to you playing halo earlier that same day well so what was the deal so I remember that we were that was in Pennsylvania right
3: yeah I remember we were at a cracker barrel um yeah we we'd had some stuff that went down and long story short we just realized that we were not in a spot that we needed to be in order to be able to stay on tour because we, we had decided that we could either end the tour and then we would probably break up or we could go home and take a break because at, th- at that point we had been on tour forever like pretty much from the end of 2003 until then we had just been on the road and it just got to a point where we were just we were just done with each other at that point point. Yeah. Um, and like I was talking about earlier, that was a time when we, we were really not good at communicating with one another. And there were, there were issues that were coming up that weren't being talked about. And it's, you know, it's, it's like in a marriage, you know, if if you're married and you're not talking to your wife or you're not talking to your husband, stuff's going to fester and it's going to come out in a bad way. And we were, we were, uh, very guilty of that. At that All right, what point. year was that? That was 2006.
1: That was 2006. So that was seven or eight years ago. And you're speaking relatively vague about it now. What more specifically, after all this time, could you tell us and everybody else about that?
3: At that time, I remember um, we were on the tour and we had found out, I think it was that Spencer had like gone and gotten drunk with a band, uh, one of the bands on the tour, And um, there was some rumor that there was more than uh, alcohol being consumed and, you know, his, you know, substance abuse uh, struggles that he's had. You know, that's that's public knowledge at this point. Um, But we we weren't sure about that, if that had been taking place. But we just recognized at that point that we did need to take a break in because we we realized that we had no clue what was going on. Um, and we, you know, we were like, well, if he is, you know, doing this stuff, we need to go home and we need to get him better. Um, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't just with him. It was just with, with all of us. We just were not in a healthy way. Did, yeah. some, guy,
0: did, did some guys want to stay on the tour? Cause obviously, I mean, you guys were killing it.
3: Yeah. And it's, that's, that's a weird thing because like we, we knew what was going on on that tour. Like I I remember there being times when we would be in the bus and that was when, um, define the great line came out and that, you know, that, that debuted at like number two on billboard. And we were just like, we've got like a number two record in the country and we're on this tour. It's going insane. And then, we're just gonna go home. Like, but what's weird is with all of that stuff going on, we were all on the same page. where there was no like, well, maybe we should stick it out. Like, we weren't thinking about any of that stuff at that point. We were just like, we just need to go home and we need to fix this because if we don't, this is all gonna be gone anyway.
0: Yeah. So was he? Did he think he was in an awful spot? Like, I mean, or was he just like, yeah, man, I like drinking and and doing a little bit of this and that every once in a while. I mean, was it, was he aware? of the situation like when you say man this guy was in a bad spot and he needed help was that from your perspective what was his perspective to you guys
3: um you know i, I can't really speak for him too much but yeah. i i would say that you know he knew that you know he had a, he had a problem like i think to anybody who has any sort of substance abuse problem you know they know that they have an issue it's just a matter of um you know if they're willing to tackle it head on you know Um, so honestly, I didn't do at that point in time, I didn't do a whole lot of talking with him. Like he he was not involved in the decision for us to go home. Um, so there wasn't a whole lot of talking going there. Like we, we went home and, uh, didn't speak to, to really, none of us really spoke at all for a while, but then we all got back together and, you know, recognized, you know, what needed to be done and, you know, we needed to work on ourselves, yeah. you know, all of us and um yeah, so I I can't really speak to where his mindset at, was at at that point in time because again Well, I
0: mean, was he was he like, yeah, whatever, guys, I want to do whatever I can to fix this and be in the band and keep going. I mean, what what was his actual words to you guys?
3: Yeah, like- he he's a he's a man of few words, I'll say, but he was definitely like, "Yes, you know, this is what's going on." Um, it's not okay. But I've got an addiction, you know. Yeah, and yeah. and and I can I can relate with that, you know. Like I, you know, every male member of my family except for me has addict has either has an addiction problem or has had an addiction problem. So I've seen that all my life, and I know what it can do to to somebody who who's an awesome person.
0: So well, that leads me to my next question. Uh, you sound like just the nicest guy. You don't cuss. Uh, you're friendly. <laughs> you don't talk bad about your friends. I mean, you are just a great guy. What's your sin, man? What's your, what? 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 aren't you telling it? What, what? What? You know, I mean, what are you struggling with? What, what's the I, thing? That, what's What's some of the stuff that gets you?
1: Don't um, and, and don't say something like you not not kind to your wife sometimes. Yeah.
0: Or man, I just sleep too late.
3: <laughs> no, it, I'll, I'll be honest. Pride. Like I deal with laziness, um, quite a bit. And, and I feel that that's something that, um, I do a lot better with now. Um, also a really big thing that I've always struggled with and has, has really been not good for me is, is procrastination. Um, I don't know if that's technically considered a sin, but I know that through me being a procrastinator, it has affected me all my life from, from school grades to recording with under oath to, um, you know, my relationship with my wife, you know, saying, Oh, well I'll deal with that another time or I'll take care of that another time. Like that's, that's a bad thing for me.
1: Keep digging. That's a little weak.
3: Yeah. On, uh, I would say at this point in time, just having a desire to know Jesus more than I do now, um, you know, cause I'm, I'm kind of in a spot where it's, it's bad, but I'm just kind of in a lukewarm spot in my faith at this point. Um, I, I think that being off the road and being not in a position where a lot of people are looking to me for like, you know, spiritual guidance or whatnot, you know, I'm, I'm no longer, you know, a youth pastor at a church. You know, I think that that opens I, that leaves me open to just kind of coasting, you know, not reading my Bible, not praying. And what is um, what,
1: what? What? do you mean? Not reading your Bible, not praying? Let's um, talk. What's numbers on that? I
0: uh, well. Uh, the last time he read his Bible was nineteen eighty three in the eighties. <laughs> when, when was it?
3: Well, King uh, James version. Honestly, a thing that that kind of hit me hard tonight. Right before I called in here, um, my mom went to the hospital. And, uh, she's there, she's actually in the hospital right now. They don't really know what's, what's wrong with her, but she's having to have like cat scans and uh, x-rays and all this stuff. And, you know, she's sick and we don't know what's wrong with her. And so I was talking to my brother about it, talking to my stepdad about it. Um, and I was sitting there for probably like an hour cause it was at the end of my work day. And I realized after like an hour or two, after hearing that my mom's in the hospital, I realized I hadn't prayed for her at all, and that was kind of brutal because I think that that kind of showed me, hey, here's where your walk's at right now, um, and that's something that that's awful, you know. And I think that shows me that, uh, you know, I think God's kind of being like, hey, like, where do I fit into all this? Like, yeah, you're, you know, spending time with your kids. Yeah, you're, you know, in a happy spot at home. You know, so where does that leave me? And I think that at this point, God's really showing me that he is not in the spot in my life that he needs to be. And that sucks, you know, like uh, to be in a spot where I know that I am screwing up my relationship with Jesus. Like, I know that everybody's kind of been in that spot, but that's, you know, that's just you know, just being completely honest. You know, that's kind yeah. of where I'm at. All right. I have one last question for you
0: here. Uh the changing of, this is serious so this is a pretty big one for the last question. Okay. The, ch- the changing of times saved my life.
1: Damn. Uh
0: my favorite song is Alone in December. Can you email me the tabs? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, the first part was serious. Oh, yeah, was I know, real. it was serious. I know. I, I I add stuff to these questions. I, right I think now, I want to always do that. I love it. If people yeah, send good. in questions, I'm going to add to <laughs> yeah. it. They said, what influence... This is from uh, E-Hud, the Killer 53 M, B-Cask Chris. Chris. <laughs> that means B-C-S-Chris. That's the hashtag. Oh, B-C-S... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I see now. Ask Chris. uh, (laughs) What did I say? Be cask Chris. Be cask Chris. Oh, sorry.
3: I don't even understand our own hashtags. Hey, totally, completely, utterly off the subject. I was thinking about this. Do you remember uh, Toby and Matt, both of you, being in the back of our bus, uh, semi-intoxicated, telling us about how we needed to record our album with Aaron Sprinkle and not Matt Goldman and Adam D.?
0: I remember that, yes. Uh, but y'all, that? it didn't matter. Every single time we came to your bus, y'all thought we were intoxicated.
3: No matter if we <laughs> you, dre- you were I mean, that I <laughs> do not know. Y'all,
1: y'all just think we're clowns. That's Yeah, all. y'all think we're clowns for <laughs> no, sure. No, what's funny? That's our style.
3: <laughs> no, we took a, a poll one night on the bus. We were <laughs> talking about um, our favorite bands to tour with, like of all time. And you guys were number one.
2: Yeah. Uh, no, that's not that's true. That's not
3: true. I promise. I promise. And every time I die was number two. <laughs> but we, I think at the end of the day, we decided that you guys and every time I die just needed to have like a super project. And then that would have been it.
0: Uh, OK, yeah. I want to ask you a tour memory. OK, this this one got me. OK, do you remember we play? It, we were on tour with you guys. It was like a little short winter tour. This is right after my daughter was born, Ruby, by the way. Uh, and I left because I was like, oh, man, it's going to be a great tour because it was you guys and uh, August Burns Red. So do you remember that weird place we played in McAllen, Texas? Uh, it was like a horse track. And uh, that's when Aaron, was he
1: was he having heart Oh, problems? Aaron went to the hospital that yeah. day. And then Brent... <laughs> Had all kinds yeah, of trouble. Yeah, and
0: it, right was a really, it was a really bad, weird, I don't know if you remember this or not. It was a really yeah, bad show. It,
3: it, we played, like, under the pavilion, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yes, I remember Yes,
0: that. Yeah, it was, like, a really weird show. And real your tour crazy.
1: manager, Brent, was having all kinds of trouble. Yeah, Brent day. was
0: having just an awful day. Everything was just terrible. So we, while y'all were playing, went on your bus and
3: Oh, put, Fiesta.
0: Yeah, yeah. We went on your bus and we put balloons in in like a couple places. We filled Brent's bunk we filled with Brent's bunk with balloons, right?
3: Oh yes.
0: Okay,
1: so <laughs> well, but it was a really bad day, and I think like Timmy yelled at Brent, or they got an argument. Yeah, like y- y'all were having a tough day, and yeah. Brent was having a real tough time. So we just thought Brent so we, was having a rough time, so we thought we'd lighten him up. So we went yeah, so on your put bus put, to put I mean, As in far his as bar. a a tour prank, that's
0: like the least thing you could do. Uh, balloons, right? So <laughs> yeah. we went on there and then Aaron, I think it was Aaron Glessen, that was Tim and Aaron were both mad at I think yeah, I think Timmy was mad, and then Aaron was mad too. And he actually went to August Burns Red and said, I think he told him something like Did y'all put those balloons on our bus? Not cool, man. Not cool. Not cool, not cool man. Man at all. And they came on our bus and they were like, Man, I think those guys from under earth are kind of crappy. No,
3: so I what I remember from that is is walking on the bus and just being like, I thought it was awesome and i remember brent being pissed because brent was pissed oh yeah (laughs) yeah because he thought that you guys were doing it as like a jab like a hey like not because i i don't know i just took it as like oh they're just
1: being that's too bad because we we thought he, we, here's basically what we thought. Tim was giving him a hard time that he was having. He was put through the ringer because his band was being difficult. That's the way we saw it. You, we thought you guys would be and we think, and we actually think him. Brent's like one of the best tour managers, yeah. best overall dudes because Brent be is the best and he was doing a great job. So he yeah. had had such a hard day. We thought that putting balloons in his where yeah. he slept would be very funny. Like, yeah. Screw yeah. you, man. There's balloons in your bones. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then everybody makes fun
0: of me still because they, our tournament, who was our tournament? Is that Cody? There's was Lunsford. So I promise you, I couldn't believe it. I was walking around our butts going, balloons? They're mad at balloons? <laughs> They're <laughs> mad balloons? No, I mean, I, 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 balloons? <laughs> I mean, come on! I felt like I was just like Alan Iverson.
3: Practice. What's funny is I don't Practice. remember anybody being upset except for Brent. I well,
0: that's too, that's too bad. I know, I know, Gillespie was for sure. Well, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, but
3: that you know.
0: But, I mean, he did sure. go to the hospital, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, he, was, he just he got over a possibly. heart attack that day. So yeah, he <laughs> probably
0: had a heart attack that day. He did yeah, have, you have, have a heart attack. Be,
3: can't fault he, him for that.
0: He did beat cancer that day, so <laughs> that, was pretty, that was pretty cool. So. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, boy. We We don't hardly ever do tour pranks or anything, and so our motives are always, like, to bring joy. Like, we never want to do anything malicious, but sometimes our motives don't work out.
1: No, it so, was misunderstood prank yeah. of balloons in a bunk. Yeah, we, Sorry. So we're sorry assholes about that. <laughs> Balloon.
0: I can see Rick coming in. Not, not this. Not this. <laughs> not this shit. You're gonna sit there and tell me after a day like this, mother
3: <laughs> balloons... Balloon. I was thinking it was awesome because it wasn't just balloons. Didn't you turn our bus into like a fiesta?
1: Yeah, I think we put like streamers.
0: It, in yeah, there we just and made it and... happy. Yeah. We were thinking
3: yeah.
1: happy things like balloons and streamers to make it people happy because everybody was so bummed out. That's all we were thinking. You <laughs> reminded me of
2: playoffs. <laughs> yeah, playoffs. No, it's, <laughs> yeah, no, that's what it felt
1: like. Is there any stuff you got going on that you want to tell people about?
3: Um let's see i actually uh did some work on uh my uh pastor's record um and that's gonna be coming out this year and it's gonna be awesome what's it uh, called um I don't know if it is named yet, but uh his name is uh prieston phillips and um uh yeah you can you can search that p r e s o n phillips and uh, so
1: you'll tell about it on your Twitter. Yeah, yeah, I'll be so.
3: I'll be uh, talking about that on Twitter and my Facebook and all that. I, I just did some electronic work on a few songs, but the album as a whole is going to slay. So um, yeah, check that out if you get a chance.
1: And so your Twitter's Chris Underoath. Yes, at Chris Oath, That is correct.
0: I want you to start a band with Josh Head, and y'all call y'all's band Keys. (laughs) What do you think?
3: (laughs) Would you be into it? I have to learn to dance first because he's got like all the... No, dude, you got moves. You Uh, know you have moves. You and Josh Head
1: have the the market cornered. You know when you see uh, bands that wind up opening or local bands that have keyboard players, they are 100% always a combination of you and Josh Head. That's for sure. Yeah, but I have
3: yet to see another singer that has the wireless mic that has the fake wire on it. (laughs) When are the people going to start picking up on that? That's what I want to know.
1: No, that's that's still completely uncopied yes. in the industry. <laughs> so apparently it never caught on. But if you if you and Josh Head want to start a band called Keys, we know some record label people. Let's put it that way. Chris, thank you for being on the show. We enjoyed it, buddy. Thank yeah, you thanks, man. Hey, good meeting you. We'll talk to you a, another time soon. All right. All right, bye bye. So that's Chris Dudley, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, great guy. Under oath was a great band. And uh, what else we got? Anything else y'all want to say before we get out of here? Really cool getting to know him for sure. Yeah. It's really cool. He had a getting lot of good on.
0: stuff to say. Well, you know what's really weird? He's just like really nice.
1: He's too you nice. You can't pin him. You can't pin him anything. on anything.
0: It's like gonna make you feel good, even if you try to say, try to get him to say something bad.
1: Yeah, he like wins you over. It makes you. Then it makes you the asshole. Yeah. Has he always been that way? Like he's a good nice guy. guy. He's a nice guy. Yeah, yes. I mean, he really is. It's not, I mean, I mean, our thing is that we don't really believe anybody's nice, and if you just pick at somebody you can find some bad shit yeah like my goal
0: now is like i pray one day i find out he's a serial killer (laughs) yeah Yeah. just something it's gonna eat
1: at me forever until we find some dirt on him
0: that's just wanted to be a
2: serial killer it It would make make me feel feel a little validated i feel a little
1: better if i find that out yeah i mean mean,
0: somebody that's just genuinely nice and cares about other people Mm -mm. man makes me feel like shit (laughs) not so good (laughs) <laughs> Not so good. So we'll be looking for his downfall. Yes. You know? Yes, we will. Alright, we're gonna get all out of here. Make sure to pick up your free copy of King's Kaleidoscope on March
1: 18th. Live in color is the name of their album. Yep. It is amazing. Also, subscribe to this podcast. If you're if you're listening to this podcast still on on our website from the streaming player, please get with it. You should just get it on iTunes and hit subscribe. Anybody else, uh, go leave us a review on iTunes. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Give us a five yeah. star or even four star would be nice, and and say something nice about us on there. But hit the subscribe button. We appreciate it. Thank you for sort of supporting the Bad Christian Podcast.
3: See ya. Hey, see ya. Did Chris actually? Chris, leave are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I kill small animals. <laughs> we, we thought you hang up, and then we I get drowned to talk a about cat it. once. <laughs> You're too nice. We want something bad. We want to find out something bad about you. We long for something horrible. We just
0: long for something horrible. It would be just wonderful for us. Don't you understand? (laughs) Couldn't you at least just say something like, yeah, man. (laughs) Sometimes I kill small animals. Couldn't you have been a racist at least something? Couldn't we have found something? (laughs)